Hey everybody, it's Emily Cole. I'm joining Jesse today because it is Thanksgiving week and it's my favorite holiday and we wanted to focus this week on being grateful, being thankful, um, talk about some gifts that are unique and different and stand out. And so we're really excited to do something a little different today. Yes, and we're gonna get into the thank you experiment, something that really has changed my life and I think can change yours as well. But you know, obviously this has become a big part of our life being thankful, but I think you need to think of it in a different way. And Emily, I wanna go back for you because I've learned it from you. I know when I was a kid, I didn't understand gratitude. I didn't understand being thankful. My parents were amazing, but I just was not good at it. But it seems like you learned a lot and I learned a lot from you. Share some of the things that you did a little bit differently or how you learned to be grateful as a kid. You know, I never thought of it as as different because it was just the way we were brought up. And I have to give all the credit to my parents. And they raised me and my three younger brothers just to make it a part of our life. I remember when we would get toys or gifts for birthdays or holidays, you know, we would immediately go home. And if we wanted to keep the new gift, that was great. But we had to choose some of our old toys and we would donate them. So where where would you donate them? Um, I remember my mom taking them to dentist's office and doctor's offices to leave in the lobby so kids could play with and then just different nonprofits. Was that like an emotional time saying goodbye to like a favorite toy? It wasn't because it was all we ever knew. And so I'm sure from my parents' standpoint, it was just to keep them sane so the house wasn't overrun with toys. But for us, it was ingrained in us from the very beginning that if you get something, you give something. And so it was just kind of part of life. Oh, that's amazing. I had more toys than I ever imagined, never wanted to give them up. So what? So you learned that from there, and then I know you did other things too when you started making money as well. Yeah, um, again, parents kind of instilled this rule that when we were given money, which is of course what kids usually start to get as they get older and they outgrow the toy stage, um, we had a certain percentage, and I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was something like 50% uh, went in the bank, 40% you could keep and do whatever you wanted with, and then 10% uh, had to be donated to a charity. And it was whatever you were passionate about or cared about at that time. But again, it was just, you know, if you got $20, immediately it was split up. It wasn't you got $20. And that, of course, taught the saving, um, but then it also taught the giving as well. So, and again, we're going to move on to it, but Emily, I'm just very intrigued on how does that changed and how has that affected you now? Like, what are you doing now? Because when I first met you, I was blown away. I thought you were the most caring person in the world. That was just from the way you acted, but not necessarily the gifts and things you gave away. But are there other things that you've done that I've actually had to now as an adult that you started doing? I think now as an adult, I've learned to give my time a lot more. So, you know, back growing up, it was more materials or money, which is good. And obviously you and I are still doing that. We give to a lot of organizations as often as we can. But uh, you and I also both serve on a ton of boards and volunteer for a ton of events and spend a lot of hours giving our time, which something that you've talked about a lot is how time is the most valuable thing in the world. So I think that we've spun it from less materials and more into time and how valuable that is. So, you know, what can the listeners really take from some of the things that you learned as a kid that they can actually look at it differently now? I mean, everybody is different. Every family, every situation is different. I know that you and I are going to instill in our family someday those things that I was brought up on. Uh, But I think that those can start now, even if you're an adult or you don't have kids. Start 
putting away some of the things that you get. You know, everything that we receive, we could essentially live without. You know, there's so many things in our homes that we don't need. And so you and I have become a little bit on the minimalistic side and we've learned to live with less. And I think that if everybody did that, people who were less fortunate would be better off. So it doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be every time you get $100 from, uh, you know, whomever for a gift that you need to give half of it away or whatever. But I think that if everybody were to just do a little bit at a time, you would be surprised at how natural it becomes to feel after well, a while. Well, it becomes part of your lifestyle. And I, I think we've always done this and then it really, giftology changed our mindset on gifts. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was brilliant how you, know, you think about gifts and you know, we aren't adamant about doing tons of gifts. You know, we, we try to keep it simple from what we do. But what people have been doing, and just to go into this giftology philosophy, it's a brilliant book by John Rulin. And when we first heard him and then read his story, we were like, this just makes so much sense. And, you know, I'll share a little bit of the principle and then Emily, we can kind of talk about it. When you think about gifts, most people, the way they think about giving gifts is they give it with their own name. It's about them. So to give you an idea, if you're part of a business, you would send another business, you know, what would be like stationery or shirts. Yeah, a bag, you know, whatever, like one of those generic tote bags. I mean, Yeah, with, with, your, with, with, your, with their logo on yeah. it. So you go, think about all these conferences you go to and it's like, here's a notebook with our logo on it. Here's a bag yeah. with our, here's our pens. It's like stuff they had in the office supply cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I've received shipments, which I, I, I appreciate people, but it's like literally everything with their name on it. And the reality is, what are we going to do with something that has their logo, their name? It has sure. no meaning to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what Giftology said to John Rulin was brilliant. He said, no, start thinking about them and start putting their logo, their name on the gifts that go out. And he's famous for his knives that he gives out and he mm-hmm. puts their logo on it. And people say it's the best gift they've ever received. People love their name yep. and they love their logo. And so when you think about gifts from a business standpoint, it's very easy. Don't just buy a thousand shirts of your own and say, hey, send this as a gift. Think about how you can individualize it to the person you talk to. And Em, have you seen any other examples and ideas of this? Um, well, we're big foodies and, and beer snobs in a sense. So I often will you know, resort to that sort of gift, you know, the food things or the drink things. But I think we've come a long way in just buying the generic stuff. So for example, I have friends who have certain allergies or I'll know that they're gluten-free or their kids have certain dietary needs. And it's not that hard for me to remember those things, write those things down. And then rather than just go get some generic chocolate chip cookies, I get the ones that their kid can have because I know it's safe and it's such a small difference you're still giving you know some something warm and nice at the holiday time but it's different from every other cookie that they're going to get because their kids can actually have it and, mm-hmm. and just paying attention to that or you know the beer it's you know what people like and same with coffee I mean there's different ways to pay attention to little things in their life that make the gift actually useful to them rather than just something that they're going to re-gift because they can't have it. But it sounds so obvious. And like we're going into Christmas season and this is an unbelievable time of year. Everyone's buying gifts. And a great point in giftology, think about all the people that get Christmas gifts for their their you know loved ones, their coworkers, their so everyone gets Christmas gifts. Maybe they buy what, a thousand gift baskets or whatever for a big company. Yeah. And they just give them out to everyone. And the reality is what's happening, you know, you're all getting all these gifts during Christmas and nothing stands out. Mm -mm. 
And let's talk about Christmas cards for a little bit because Christmas cards get me going. Hate them. <laughs> All right. I, I get it. You have a cute family. I love your coworkers. I get it. But we get so many of them. And I know we're going to upset some of the listeners right now. Well, I just put my Christmas to- uh, card together. The reality is everyone's doing that. Send us a fun card of you guys in the spring, in the summer. I mean, you talked about what you've done with Maymail. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea of Christmas cards where you get to catch up on families and you get the pictures of the cute kids. That's not the part that we don't like. The part that we don't like is that it's generic and they go up for two weeks and then they get thrown out and they're mixed with every other family that you've ever met. So for a while when I got sick of Christmas cards, I was like, well, I want to stay in touch with my friends and I do want to update them on what's going on in my life. So I started May mail. So in the month of May, I would send essentially what was my Christmas card. It was, you know, here's what's going on in my family from the year. Here's where I live now. And I would just send it out to my girlfriends. And it's the same effect. I mean, they're getting the same story from me, but at a different time of year when, I mean, nobody gets snail mail anymore. So hopefully they opened up that letter in May and were actually really excited, really surprised. And it stood out differently than if they had heard that same story five months earlier. And again, no one else is doing, and I say it over time, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Everyone's sending Christmas cards and, you know, everyone sends birthday cards and you came up with this M and it's brilliant. The six month birthday card and we do Mm -hmm. it with our businesses. You know, how'd you come up with that? You know, again, we were just trying to think about how to be different. And this was something that can be easily kept track of on calendars. There's actually websites that keep track of different, like not the the annual year, but different milestones if you want. So it's it's in a system online. You can easily just put in somebody's six-month birthday and you get a reminder when it's their six-month birthday. And we send out six-month birthday cards instead of birthday cards. So again, they're not receiving 13 other ones in the mail that day. They're getting one. You're the only person, I guarantee, who is sending out a six-month birthday card. So again, it's just to stand out and be different, make somebody feel special or good on a random day. Yeah, don't be like everyone else. Be the only. I mean, at this time of year, you know, again, like I said, I don't want to... We appreciate it. We appreciate it. But when we get two, three, four, five Christmas cards in the mail every single day, you know, they go up, we look at them, and then they disappear, you know. But if we get one random card in April or May, we're like, that was really thoughtful. And it's the same thought process that goes into it, but you're just finding a different time yep. and that's how innovation happens so uh, check out giftology by john Rulin. it's brilliant it's a way to think different when it comes to gifts and, and now emily i want to move forward to the, the thank you experiment a little bit and you know i think this is something that changed my life and we both were a part of it and uh, do you remember how it all started with the one word john gordon yeah yes jo- yeah <laughs> uh you chose the word care mm-hmm. well let's share I... what the one word is yeah so i guess you tell john gordon's story so the one word book is a brilliant word and a brilliant book and it talks about instead of new year's resolutions just pick one word to focus on for the year i've talked about this a lot but new year's resolutions fail i think the statistics are like 87 percent you don't even need to look at that look at the gym the first two weeks and then go look at the gym in february and you'll see 87 percent less people all right that's how the statistics really shape up but the reality is because you set this big new year's resolution and it fails the reality this great book one word talks about just focusing on one word for the year and you put it in front of you you wake up you think about it and that's it and you can potentially set goals and that's how the thank you experiment came about but let's just talk about some of our words first we do this in our business what have been some of your words emily i did learn one year where i wanted to focus on more podcasts and books i did live where i made myself say yes more than no um 
Oh gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, we keep healthy was yep. one healthy, where I needed to year. focus on things in the kitchen and mm-hmm. working out. So yeah, but let's go back to your words. What are some of yours, and then we'll finish with your care. One. Yeah, so I've been build, I, I've been develop, I've been learn and grow. <laughs> it's a trend. Yes, and trend. Yeah, they're all in the same same theme. <laughs> but the word care was in right. in 2015. Yeah, and, and you knew that. You know, you can put the word up on the mirror and you can think mm-hmm. about it, but you wanted to make sure you held yourself accountable. And that's where the thank you experiment actually came from, right? Correct. Yeah. It was the second year of doing the one word. And I thought it was a great first year and I felt like I improved, but I needed to hold myself accountable. So I decided to put on a crazy challenge and I wanted to write a thank you letter every single day for the year in 2015. To show that you cared to to people. 100%, yeah, because that would be tangible. If you're writing a thank you letter, you care. Mm -hmm. It's not about you, it's about them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, can I do this? So I started writing in December, all the different people. You know, I started writing family members and work colleagues and authors and old classmates and high school teammates and uh, old school teachers that I had back in elementary school. And I got a great list. I think I had a list of about 60 or 70. And I was like, well, there's 365 (laughs) days in a year. This is going to be a challenge. So anyways, I said, no, I'm going to start doing it. And immediately, it started changing my perception in life. I would wake up in the morning and it would be one of the things that I do no matter what. I have my thank you letter and I would just write. And after a few weeks, it was amazing. I started hearing from people. And this wasn't the reason I did it, but about how much that meant to them and the impact. And again, this was starting in January. So it was after the Christmas card season. So they were getting it at a different time. But, you know, I was really serious about the impact. I mean, I remember writing one to one of my high school teachers and, you know, how much she taught me how to be creative. And I got a three-page handwritten letter back from her and say, you have no idea how much this means to me. I never get something like this. And to me, that was really sad. A teacher that works so hard to make an impact doesn't ever get thank yeah, you letters. thousands of students have gone through her, her yeah, classrooms. Yeah. And so I kept doing it. And I was like, all right, it got challenging when it got into, uh, into February and March. So I started looking in given days. It could be, you know, a, a way or a waitress at a restaurant that was amazing. It could be someone who, you know, uh, served me anywhere. It could be a person at a grocery store. And you started, I started looking for people that I could be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And to say it changed my life would be an understatement. What happened was I was able to develop relationships in a much deeper way than I ever have. And some of my greatest relationships right now, two years from now, two years from when I started, happened solely because of those thank you letters. And after 2015, I finished, it, I kept it going. Mm-hmm. And so I've now written over 600 thank you letters. And I'm not here to say, hey, you know, whoa, look at me. I'm here to say, look at trying the thank you experiment in your life. Maybe it doesn't have to be a year, but maybe it can be just one week. And just think about it. And, you know, Emily, you you, tr- yeah. you tried it for a while. And tell me about what, what you went through. Yeah, I'll, I'll be open. I started it probably, the, I guess it was the following year in January. And I think I made it till April. <laughs> so it was difficult. Um, I don't have nearly the discipline that you do in anything and getting up and running every day and writing the thank you letters or anything. But I, I would definitely advise people to maybe do it. Maybe don't overcommit yourself. So maybe do one a week. Maybe say you're going to do 52 a year or um, something. I think also starting with that list is also very helpful. And then I think you just trained yourself to to look for it everywhere. I remember going out to restaurants and you were like, that's a great person that I can care about. You know, they cared about our experience and I'm going to, I'm going to write to them. So um, I failed at it. I did it for a few months and obviously it felt good. 
Um, but you know, my excuse, life gets in the way and, and it's a terrible excuse, but it is a great challenge. I still do them every once in a while. It's just not an everyday thing, but you've been extremely disciplined and successful with it. And, and it's think, thinking at thank yous or looking at thank yous in a different way. And I'll say this right now, and it might sound weird. It's probably the most selfish thing I do. And the reason I say that is because when I wake up in the morning and write a thank you letter, you have no idea how good that makes me feel. And whatever's going on, it's proven that if you're upset and you change to have gratitude, you know, if you're really upset and in line to buy Starbucks coffee, and all of a sudden, buy coffee for the person behind you. And no matter what, it'll make you feel better. Gratitude wins and it's changed my life. And I could definitely share a lot of stories on the thank you experiment and the people I've now connected with and that become a big part of my life. But I advise you to think of it differently. If you're not going to do, don't, I mean, commit to 365 is a lot of thank yous, but maybe one a week, or maybe just put it part of your lifestyle to think, hey, I'm going to buy 50 thank you letters and I'm going to write them this year to people that I think deserve it. And, you know, it's been a huge part of what I'm doing. And I think to be a great leader, to be successful in business, you have to have gratitude. You have to think differently and you have to commit to it. So it's been something that's, that's worked for me and it's changed my life as far as discipline. And I know, Emily, you've seen it because... You know, I look at that now, and one of a few gifts that I was very proud that we don't do a lot of gifts. We do. <laughs> we don't do any. We don't. And we'll, we'll, our belief is in experiences, not actual yeah. gifts. I've literally never wrapped anything up and <laughs> like put a card on it for you. I don't think we just said from the beginning we weren't going to do that. Yeah. Well, again, thinking differently, but again, there's a lot of pressure on gifts and challenges. Mm -hmm. So we talk and say, hey, where can we go? Can we go have a weekend at a bed and breakfast? Can mm -hmm. we do this and, and talk about experiences? We don't just do one honeymoon. We have a honeymoon every year. Yep. You know, honeymoon two. 2.0, honeymoon 3.0, because honeymoon shouldn't just happen once in your life or a couple times if you're divorced. That's not the way it should happen. You should continue to have it. Uh, and so we look at that differently. But, you know, the reality is the thinking about thank you and gratitude, I started thinking about Emily's birthday and she recently turned 30 this past year. And I was like, you know what? This thank you experiment has made me feel so amazing. And when anyone sends a thank you letter back to me, it blows my mind. And I was like, if we could think of 30 people or the closest people in Emily's life, what if they could write something to her about how much she meant to them and put that in a letter and with pictures? And, you know, that was what I compiled as the gift for her. And um, I'll Best never forget. Best gift ever. <laughs> Best gift ever, ever received. I remember your reaction. And as soon as you looked at it, you said, I need tissues. Oh, yeah. I got a new <laughs> box of tissues before I sat down with it. And I'm not trying to pat my ass on the back, but the reality is it, it's looking at what matters most to people. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a material gift. It's how much of an impact and how they mean to others. Yeah. And, and tell me about like, what were those things about the gift that you remember, that 30 for 30? Yeah. I mean, again, it's not materials for us. We don't try to clutter our home with things. But if somebody can write down their thoughts on how much they love you and how much you've helped them in their life, I mean, that's something everybody wants to receive, right? Mm -hmm. So you put it all in a huge photo album, but each page was... A different person and then it was their letter most of them handwritten a few were typed you know I do have a lot of Millennials in my life <laughs> so some were typed up on a computer but oh I just sat there for hours the morning of my 30th birthday just crying you know reading these memories that I had forgotten about but that other people it left an impression on them something that we had done together and you know I'm getting teary-eyed thinking of it now and and I probably always will every time I open it up because the thought that went into it first from you and then for 30 people in my life um, and obviously the 30 the play on the birthday age but I mean it's just the most beautiful book like that is the thing I would grab when the house was on fire running out because it 
it was just so impactful and I, and everybody wants to hear that. So, uh, heads up, great gift idea. If you have somebody special in your life, get somebody get other people that are close in their life to write them a letter and it's gangbusters. And, and I want to say with that, the cost was less than $15 yeah. being very open. Yeah. Um, it was a book and I got it. I think I got it at uh, Walmart. It was yeah. a $15 photo book that yeah. I put in pieces of paper. But you know, again, I, I, the whole purpose of this show is to get people to think differently, yep. think different about business, think differently about their life. And when it comes to gifts and being thankful, what is everyone else doing and do the exact opposite? Mm -hmm. And it's not always about spending money, having material gifts. It's about putting time and putting thought into it. And I've said it numerous times, that's what can change your life. And it's the human connection that matters most. And that's how you do it. And, and I, you know, I don't know what else we can share today, but you know, for a Thanksgiving edition, I just want everyone to know I was probably the most unthankful, most had the least lack of gratitude when I was a kid. Literally none. And my parents, God bless them for, be, for, for taking care of me throughout it. But I was an only child all about myself. And then Emily grew up literally the exact opposite. Three brothers and a family that cared so much about her and taught her amazing things about giving back. And you don't have to just think about to the way you were. Mm -hmm. You can change right now. If you're a person that doesn't have gratitude in your life, Start the morning, just write one thank you letter. You know, it's just get started. and uh, Or say thank you to one person at the store or on the street. I mean, it's so easy to find them once you're looking for it. Yeah, or go to a restaurant and pick up the tab of someone that you see, an older couple or a family. Just one little thing, I'll tell you, it's one of the most worthwhile things you can do. So. This is the Thanksgiving edition, business done differently. Emily, anything you'd like to add to finish here? We are thankful for <laughs> you for being with us and would love to hear if you guys have any unique ideas because the unique gifts and the unique thoughts and ways to be grateful are something that we're always looking to add in our life. So any feedback, let us know what you're doing. We hope that this inspired you going into the holiday season of some fun, unique things that you can do to stand out and again, be different. And thank you so much for listening. I think it's easy to say it's cliche, but it's this platform that gives me and Emily here today an opportunity to share. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do is continue to share ideas, share thoughts, and share ways to be grateful and be thankful. And that's, that's what really matters today. So hope everyone has an amazing Thanksgiving. And until then, stop standing still, start standing out.